Welcome to the Hope Restored Podcast. Hope Restored is a disaster and crisis response ministry actively engaged in our community and across the country, addressing the practical needs of people affected by earthquakes, fires, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, and wind and snow events. Our ministry is to help clean up by moving debris, cutting trees, doing mud outs, and other tasks. Our mission is to come alongside individuals and families to provide the physical help that will establish a platform to share the love and grace of Jesus in a tangible, personal way, encouraging people in or to their personal relationship with God. We are a small, all-volunteer Christian disaster relief ministry based in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You can follow us on Facebook at Hope Restored Ministries or check out our webpage at www.hoperestored.org. If you have questions or comments, we can be reached by email at podcast at hoperestored.org. Welcome again to the Hope Restored inaugural podcast. Today we want to share our beginnings. There's a lot of questions about where did we come from and why did we start this ministry? What does the ministry look like? What's our focus and our function? People want to hear stories about what we do and how that affects people in God's kingdom. So we wanted to start with this very first podcast. We're going to title it Wait and tell you how we got started. The ministry started when I returned home from my second relief trip to Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I told Susan, I said, you know, I know what I want to do now when I grow up. And, and she kind of laughed at me and she said, you know, I know you're not going to grow up, but when you get older, uh, what do you want to do? And I, I told her, I want to do full-time disaster relief ministry. I want to respond to disasters and help people with the initial recovery process. Well, she thought that sounded like a great idea, and she was very interested as well. At that time, we'd been married about 25 years, and all the ministry we'd ever enjoyed together had always been serving others. Susan was open to the idea, so I, I dove in head first. I started researching opportunities and trying to establish plans. We looked at every disaster relief type of organization we could find. Uh, we narrowed down the search, you know, as we started looking. We're Christians, so we started looking at evangelical Christian organizations. From that list, we started to send out query letters using the organization's web pages and their email addresses. In each letter, we told them, please send us specific information. How do we get started? What do you want? What's it look like? And we expressed our strong desire to engage in the work. For the longest time, we didn't get one reply. For five years, not a single simple reply. Not even to any of the website queries or emails, not even an auto response. It was just totally frustrating. Well, while we waited, uh, and Susan would tell you I was rather impatient, for some kind of response, we continued to run our business. Well, our business grew beyond our wildest expectations. We took on contracts that we would have never dreamed of even bidding, and yet, the work just kept coming to us and success grew. We often said it was the Joseph effect, God giving us favor in the sight of men and bringing us success. Well, almost five years passed and the dream of working disaster relief as a ministry just plagued our thoughts and dreams. Our thoughts of how this ministry would look, how would we be involved? The mission of the ministry, well, it changed over time. Clarity of the vision came with time, and then one day we received a letter from a wonderful disaster relief ministry inviting us to their disaster relief retreat. Oh, we'd never been to a disaster with them, but we decided, okay, we'll accept your invitation, and we went to the retreat. The retreat was extremely encouraging. It really inspired us, and we heard our vision 
of Disaster Relief Ministry being taught in their classes. Our hearts just ached to respond. A year later, we were invited and attended the retreat again. A few weeks before the retreat was to start, on Sunday, May 11, 2011, funnel clouds were reported just after 5 o'clock in Cherokee County, Kansas. Nine minutes later, the sirens sounded in Joplin. And 18 minutes later, an EF-5 tornado with winds exceeding 200 miles per hour touched down on the west end of Joplin. It ran for over 13 miles at a mile wide through the center of town that traveled out past the eastern edge into rural areas of Newton and Lawrence counties. People were just trapped. They were, they were terrorized. They were in the big box stores, little shops, offices, fast food restaurants, their cars, their homes and this tornado just tore it up. The emergency services were immediately overwhelmed, and the news reported later that over 160 people died, and much of the town was leveled. Well, the conference ended Sunday, June 11th, and we flew home and loaded the truck and drove to Joplin, Missouri, to join this organization as volunteers for a week of tornado response. We felt like the doors were finally starting to open to our moving into full-time disaster relief ministry. We really wanted to be sure, so we prayed about it, and we asked God to show us through this experience if this was the right time. It would be our first disaster response together. We joined a team in the morning, and on our first day responding to the disaster, we crested a small rise and got our first glimpse of total devastation. Man, the town that used to have streets lined with trees that would cut the view from home to home was now flattened. There was a clear view for miles. Homes and trees, street signs, gone, flattened, scattered, ripped out of the ground. Homes looked like they'd been dropped into a food processor. I tell you, the sight just sucked the breath out of us. Our eyes were filled with tears of desperation. The area was so devastated that even the locals were unable to find their own home sites. All the landmarks were gone, and the debris field was laid out for miles. Well, like I said, we'd been praying and hoping for this time when we could move out into ministry in which we felt God was leading. And after years of silence, the doors were finally starting to open. We were so excited, we dove in headfirst into the chaos that is disaster relief. At lunch on that very first day, we were asked if we would be willing to lead a team. We didn't know anything, but we tentatively accepted and found ourselves running teams of over 120 volunteers a day for the remainder of the week. As we left at the end of the week, totally exhausted, we knew that God had answered our prayers. He'd opened the door and he was calling us. Four months later, we closed our thriving business to follow our calling. The waiting and the silence was frustrating and at times completely discouraging. We heard advice that ranged from the spectrum of, if nothing's happening, God's not calling you, to, if you feel called, you need to jump right now. People who met well offered thoughts and advice and discouraged and confused our vision. Ultimately, the waiting pushed us deeper into prayer, seeking God's guidance. As we sought God, our vision changed. It deepened. It became sure and more urgent. When God finally opened the doors and the timing was right in His plan, we were ready. He had prepared us for the beginning of this journey, and we had the confidence He would continue to sustain and prepare us as the journey would twist and turn. We have many examples of people that wait for God. Joseph is my favorite. He waited as a child with a vision of being in leadership in his family. He waited in a pit. He waited on a long march into slavery. 
he even he even waited in a in a prison for a crime he didn't commit. And as he waited, God prepared him. God prepared him to lead. And and Joseph grew in God's grace and mercy and became second only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. Finally, against everything that makes any sense at all in this world, Joseph led with the example of forgiveness and saved his family. The very picture of Jesus. Ultimately, God works out everything for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. We see that in Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It's important for us to understand that what is good for us is a deeper relationship with God, not possessions, not property, not prosperity. As such, God works in our lives to encourage and enhance that relationship, ensuring our eternal salvation. As I close out today, I just would like to challenge you to consider the following three questions as you meditate on the things of God today. The first question I'd like you to think about is, what are you waiting for? Is there something that God has been calling you to? The second question would be, what will be your deliberate thoughts and intentional actions to draw yourself into a deeper relationship with God as you wait? And finally, I'd like to challenge you with the question, what are the things in your life that get in the way of submission in your relationship with God? I hope you have a blessed day. Hope you enjoyed this broadcast. And I hope you will come in and join us again soon for our next podcast. And we'll talk more about things that have happened and how God has worked in it. Blessings. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for participating in the Hope Restored podcast. We pray you are encouraged by God's word today. You can follow us on Facebook at Hope Restored Ministries or check out our webpage at hoperestored.org. We can be reached by email at podcast at hoperestored.org. We'd love to hear your comments or questions. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you again next week. Tell a friend. Blessings.